Hello, and welcome to episode two of the Raw Food Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Jane, the Rawtarian, and today we're going to be talking about how and where to shop raw without spending a fortune. Stay tuned, and I'll be back with you shortly. to another episode of the Raw Food Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I've received some amazing feedback from you all about um, the fact that I'm doing a podcast and some of you are big fans of podcasts in general. So thank you so much for your encouragement and support um, to encourage me to record these podcasts. So in this episode of the Raw Food Podcast, I'm going to be talking about how and where to shop without spending a fortune. And the reason I'm focusing on this topic is recently on my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash I asked just a quick question about the type of um, topics that you guys are all looking to find out more about, and that this was posted by Rebecca on the Facebook page, and she posted how and where to shop without spending a fortune as something that she'd like to hear about, and I thought that was a great topic, so I'm going to focus on that in this episode. There's five key points that I think I'm going to talk about in this episode in terms of keeping your raw food budget in reasonable shape. So I'll just give you a quick intro to the, f- the f- five. Actually, there's four, but maybe I can come up with the fifth at the end. So the first one, I've just called this your buddies. And what these are is your main raw food staples that you kind of need to have and that are bulky in the sense that you know you can actually get full off of them and they're not too expensive so uh, a couple of examples of my buddies in my area would be apples oranges and bananas those three things I always have in my house they're relatively inexpensive and they're really substantial and I can use them in a lot of ways and a a similar uh, in terms of nuts and seeds, a similar buddy is going to be sunflower seeds in my area, which I live in Canada, but I think it's common in North America for sunflower seeds to be quite inexpensive. But I'll talk about that a little bit more later. So that was the first one. The second tip is to simply eat in season. And I'll talk about that, of course, again. The third tip is to identify the very expensive items that you really do want to have in your diet and find a better source, a cheaper source for those items. The fourth item is to consider whether you really do need to buy two ways. One, really raw, like truly really raw items, because of course those are going to drive up the cost a lot because they're harder to find. And also when you talk about budgeting, um, people will pay a premium for things and when people will pay a premium for specialty things companies will charge more for those because they know people really want them and will pay so considering yeah whether you really want raw or also whether you really want or need organic so those are two decisions that you can make and you don't have to make those two decisions all across the board like but you can kind of take each individual purchase and look at it on its own sake and figure out whether or not you want to pay more for those features. So that's a quick overview of what I wanted to talk about. I'll start 
with that first concept of your buddy foods, which are just your main staples. And I think it's very important for you to have these staple foods for a couple of reasons. Um, you need stuff that you can feel like you can just eat and it's not going to break the bank. So bananas are an extremely amazing um, product you know, for this reason, because they're very filling. They have a lot of calories. They're very good for you. And they're usually quite inexpensive as well. Um, I haven't done the math lately, but I think it was something like 30 cents a banana or something that like that, which is, is really great. So bananas, I always have on hand for that reason, because I don't know about you, but when I'm eating some expensive foods like kelp noodles or cashews, things like that, I sort of feel a little bit of reticence to eat those foods or almost a little bit of guilt, like, um, because I know, oh my gosh, this meal is costing me a lot of money. I better enjoy it. And I just have sort of like a financially, I, I, it feels weird when I'm eating really expensive foods because I'm like, I'm a normal person and I'm on a budget. And so it's good to have foods where you don't have to feel that way. I mean, but I think we all do need to be conscious. So I'm not going to say that we shouldn't feel guilty for, you know, eating expensive meals because we can't, it's not realistic to just eat expensive meals every day of the week. So bananas are great, oranges as well, and apples. So those three I always have. And if I run out of them, I have to get more. So what I also find in common with those three items, apples, oranges, and bananas, they're all super easy to pack with you. All three of those could be thrown in your bag or in your car and you don't have to wrap them up or do anything. Um, apples and bananas are so easy to eat. You can eat them when you're driving, when you're sitting at your desk at work, if they don't require any effort at all. Orange is a little bit more complicated because you have to peel them, but those are just three great staples. And in your area, I know I have people who communicate to me from all over the world, like from Australia and South Africa and all kinds of places. So you may have your staple foods that are, like I would just say fruit. You've got to find some fruit that is cheap, accessible, that you like to eat and that's bulky like and realistic, like pomegranates are great, but you're probably not going to have the time to sit around and peel a pomegranate every time you need a snack. So for me, those are apple, oranges, and bananas, and it may be different depending on your tastes or um, what's affordable in your area. Now, on in the terms of my buddies for nuts and seeds, sunflower seeds for me are, I haven't done the math, but so much cheaper than most of the other seeds in my area, like pumpkin seeds are very expensive. Um, so I always have like a gigantic plastic container of sunflower seeds. Um, I don't, I'm not good with ratios, but it's practically like a four liter milk jug, you know, like that big, it's like that many sunflower seeds. I just keep those on hand. They are great to add as filler. So you do want to be careful when substituting certain nuts and seeds for other things because it can change the taste and texture. But sunflower seeds, like sometimes if I have a, 
um, recipe that might call for, say, one cup of almonds. I could, say, make half a cup of almonds, half a cup of sunflower seeds, and it kind of bulks it up, but it's a lot cheaper. Um, I do also keep almonds on hand as well as a buddy. In my area, I find that they're not that expensive, but they that price of almonds do fluctuate quite a bit. But um, yes, if you can substitute sunflower seeds, that's excellent. Also, another extraordinarily expensive nut is the pine nut. I don't ever buy pine nuts. I love them. They're so delicious, but they are so expensive. So quite often I'll substitute cashews for pine nuts. But um, yeah, basically I think you need to identify some of these key sources, like some cheap fruits and some cheap nuts and seeds that you can keep around all the time and not feel guilty about consuming. That's the first item. So that was talking about my buddies. Um, the second item is eating in season. Can't stress this enough. I actually live in sort of a farming community on Prince Edward Island in Canada, and uh, it's a small rural place. And there's a lot of actually farming happening around me where I am, so I feel a little bit more connected than I used to feel when I lived right in a big city. Um, so I feel like I'm a little bit more on pulse in terms of like when things are coming in season, and there's a lot of farmers markets and things like that around here. So when you're somewhere that's cold, like me in Canada, it's snowing outside my window right now. Those tropical fruits that we all love, cherries, blueberries, well, they're not tropical, but, um, you know, pineapple, all this beautiful fresh fruit travels miles and miles and is really at a premium in the wintertime when it's, or wherever you are, when it's, it's like the most distant away from you in terms of time and accessibility. So... The basically, obviously, if you see a tiny container of strawberries and it's really expensive, you're not going to buy it. But what you, what you want to be mindful of is in the summertime or whenever things are cheaper, you want to gorge yourself on those. Like I know when corn, for example, is in season, I buy tons of corn and I just eat a lot of it. So I don't really like you know, dehydrated or do anything with it, except for when it's in season and when it is cheap, I eat a lot of it so that I get a good fix. Um, similarly, there's things that I just get excited about when they're in season. And even, you know, summer, I love watermelon. So in the summer when, you know, there's those gigantic pumpkin-sized watermelons and they're really cheap, um, just get a lot of them and enjoy it because realize that it's going to be probably too expensive to gorge yourself in on watermelon at other times of the year. So I think there's two sides to it, really. It's the, number one, obviously, you can't have fresh cherries all year round and not break your budget. So the concept is you're going to have to avoid the very expensive stuff in order to stay on budget, but you want to so that's one side of it. But the other side of it is when things are lower priced, you want to really tap into that and enjoy it so that you do feel like you do get to enjoy those exciting things. But the same thing too, I mean, this topic is talking about budget, but sometimes you do need, or at least I do, like I'm like, okay, I know 
these cherries are ridiculously expensive, but I really want them and I'm really going to enjoy them. So I'm going to get some. And another good tip too is I do this all the time. I think like I see the cherries, they're, I don't even know, like ridiculous, like $8 a pound or something. But I think I really want some, but I'm not going to buy the whole bag. Like I'm just going to get one of those bulk bags, you know, the plastic bags that you can put apples and oranges in and stuff and take some of the cherries from the prepackaged cherry sack that would have cost literally $16 had I taken the whole bag to the till. And I just take a small handful enough that might be like a dessert for after one meal or something just so I, I can have that pleasure, but I don't have to spend like, you know, $18 on cherries. So you can still treat yourself, but you do have to be mindful of it. And it's not so much that like, I'm like completely tracking everything that's in season, but price kind of dictates, or, or I want to say that in reverse, season dictates price. So it's good to have a general sense of what things normally cost. And of course, related to eating in season is if you can find local sources for things, they're usually quite a lot more inexpensive, but it's more of a hassle. Like I totally support eating locally and eating from local growers, but it can be hard to arrange in terms of like connecting with the sellers. But I, by all means, it's great. And you can get some good deals depending on where you live and how well connected you are. So that was the Second section, eating in season. Great budget conscious idea. The third concept is to identify what is your most expensive items that are really breaking your bank. And of course, if there are things that you think, well, I don't really need that anyway, um, then you could eliminate them. But something that I have done, as you may have noticed from my delicious simple recipes like the raw cheesecake and alfredo sauce and things like that i really love using cashews to replicate that creamy um cheesy comforting you know that creaminess so uh, cashews are something i use a lot of and where i live they are so expensive and one month actually in october of 2011 i tracked every dollar I spent, not only on food, but on every single thing I spent. And that was a very eye-opening experience. And one of the things I learned was that I was going to uh, a bulk food store in my area and buying small bulk, you know, filling up a bulk bag of cashews. And I was doing that maybe once every two weeks. And it was very expensive. And I realized that there had to be a better way. So I kind of just calculated looking at my bill. Well, gosh, I've been buying these cashews like every couple of weeks for two and a half years. And how much are these? Like, is this a good price? I had never even thought about it. Not because I'm rich, but because I just didn't think about it. And I thought I need these cashews in order to make me happy and to make me stay raw. So I'm not even going to care about the price. Um, but I realized that they were so expensive and that I needed to find out if I could get them cheaper. And so I don't buy a lot of food online. I, I'm not against it, but I just haven't really figured out, you know, where to do it and taken the time really to look into it. But I realized that 
I needed a better source for cashews. And so what I did was calculate the price that I was already paying in my local community. And I compared that to some online stores. The store that I did end up buying from was called nutsonline.com. And I had a good buying experience with them. So I think I basically was able to buy, including the cost of shipping, which was expensive, but at the end of the day, it was pretty much half the price of what I was paying locally. Now I did spend about, I think $200 or something like that on cashews because I bought a lot because first of all, I didn't want to have to like go through the hassle of ordering, you know, all the time, but I think it was a better deal for shipping and you certainly got a reduced rate for buying more. So if financially you can sort of invest in kind of having your money tied up in cashew, cashew bunny, um, then that's a really good way to do it. But I don't buy everything. The other thing I bought during that order actually was dried dill spices. I don't know why, but like they are ridiculously expensive in those tiny jars. I was making dill pickle kelp, kelp, no, kale, <laughs> kale chips all the time and was throwing so much dried dill on there. And these little tiny, tiny jars of dill were probably like $6. Anyway, when I got my nuts online order, I also ordered one pound of dill, which didn't sound like that much to me. It was like $8, which was very cheap, I thought, compared to my local price. How do I explain this? And this huge container of dill that I got for $8 was so worth it. Like, um, how do I explain how big this is? Thinking. I don't know. <laughs> like, do you know those bits and bites? They're like chips. You see those packages of bits and bites? I don't know if this is a, just a Canadian thing or what, but it was a huge bag of dill and that was great too. But anyway, what you have to be careful though is you don't necessarily want to buy all of your nuts and seeds and stuff online because a lot of businesses will have some products that are expensive and some products are cheap and they kind of assume that you won't do the math on everyone. So really all I would all I am buying online is like cashews and some spices and specialty items that I can't get locally. But again, really what you want to do is figure out like what is costing you the most and then see if you can find an alternative. And oh, another thing too is if you don't mind calling places, like what I did, I think, was I just called the bulk store that I was buying from and I just said, hi, I always buy these cashews from you. Can you tell me over the phone um, how much they are per pound? And they had no problem. She just said like, okay, sure, hold on. And she looked it up. So it takes a little bit of research and it will totally depend on where you are located, of course. I'm taking a sip of water from my clean canteen that actually is my husband's, but I stole it. Anyway, so that was number three. And the general concept there is figure out what's costing you a lot of money and see if you can find it cheaper. Number four. This could be controversial, but I am the fan of being real and talking about real issues. Two issues. Consider whether you really want to buy quote unquote raw products. 
And similarly, do you want to buy organic produce? These are really big questions. And of course, ideally, we would all eat only organic foods and only pure, you know, certified raw foods that would, would sprout when soaked in water and all those kinds of things. But I don't know about you, but financially, that is not realistic. If I actually looked at my bill, even when I am basically cost conscious, what I now that I'm eating raw, it's my grocery bill has literally doubled, definitely. And that's even, like I do eat really well and I don't really skimp, I, I get whatever I want, but I don't always buy organic and I don't always buy raw, especially nuts. Like basically, if you are wanting to buy truly raw, sproutable nuts and seeds, that is gonna be very expensive. And you can certainly do that and I would, all the more power to you if you can afford or make that a priority in your life. Um, that's great. But for me, that's not realistic. And I think at the end of the day, it's not realistic for a lot of people. So, and again, it, you could sometimes get the real, really raw sproutable seeds um, that have never been heated. That is very... I don't know, I'm kind of rambling, but basically you don't have to have really raw sproutable foods. Like the reason why some nuts, for example, would be would not be raw is most nuts are coming in a hard shell, as you can imagine. And so in order to get that shell off, they're very frequently heated using like steam and different types of heat. So that's why a lot of them were not raw. You will see the word raw on a lot of things nowadays. That word is not really regulated as far as I know, unless that's changed lately, which I doubt. I, th I know there was a group of people advocating for, kind of like how there's like organic certification for raw certification, but I don't think anything has happened with that lately. Um, but yes, but often you'll see the word raw on a package, but really that just means it's unroasted because you know a lot of nuts will be roasted. So if it says raw, it doesn't, it probably isn't raw. I would say it's only actually raw if you're getting it from like someone that you know, like and trust online. Like I haven't actually personally bought anything from the raw food world, but I'm sure that like, um, you know, Angela Stokes Monarch and Mac Monarch, like people who are actively promoting things for the raw food diet, I would trust their labeling. But yes, it's going to be much more expensive if you get truly raw items from trusted sources. Now on the subject of organic foods, there is a list, and I should put a link to it in the show notes, actually. It's a common list out there. I forget what it's called. It's something like the Dirty Dozen. It's the foods that you really do want to get organic. And that's because these foods are either very um, kind of like absorbent, like they will really suck up all the chemicals and stuff that are sprayed on them, or frequently it's the type of produce where you actually eat the exterior of it, example, a strawberry, 
you can't peel a strawberry, you're just eating the whole berry. So that, if there's a chemical on it, there's no peel or anything to protect it. But you can contrast that to bananas, where I usually buy organic bananas as well, but at least with the banana, if it has been sprayed, you could remove the peel off of it. So that's sort of one layer of protection, but I'm certainly not gonna say that an organic banana and a non-organic banana are the same. But if I had to choose which one of those to eat organically, I would definitely choose the strawberry. So it is interesting. I haven't looked at it lately and I didn't look at it before I'm recording this, um, like to brush up on it. But I think some common things on there would be like green peppers, um, apples, um, berries, like cherries, strawberries, that kind of thing. But I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. But basically, and greens. Like, I really do like to get organic greens when I can. And usually I do buy organic greens most of the time. But again, when we're talking about that number one, my concept of my buddy foods, the apples, oranges, and bananas, just being open and transparent with you, I don't always get organic oranges. When I'm using orange or lemon or lime peel, like as a rind in a recipe. Is that the right word? No, a zest, you know, like a lemon zest. I usually will only zest an organic lemon and that kind of thing, but I don't always buy organic oranges. And also it depends where you live. In my area, in my town, it is hard to find sometimes even organic apples, like they're not in the store. Um, just because of where I live. It probably would depend if you live in a bigger area, but it is something to consider. And of course, I mean, organic is a lot more expensive than um, non-organic foods. And so that is sort of a general overview of some of my thoughts on how to get your raw food bill under control. Overall, though, I think depending on how you were eating previously, raw food is expensive. When you're dealing with fresh fruits and vegetables, unfortunately, they are more expensive for so many reasons, but partially because of their shelf life. I mean, when you can have a bag of cookies that can sit on the shelf in a, you know, pre-packaged package and it can sit there for, I don't even know how long, years until it sells. But when you compare that to some cherries that, you know, aren't aren't going to last for long at all. And so there's a a lot higher cost um, for those products. So that's just a reality. And I think that it's kind of a mindset shift as well. I, for me, have definitely noticed my budget has gone up, but I don't, um, first of all, it is totally worth it for me to, feel so much better in mind and body to look better to have more energy so I can accomplish more and do more and feel better so for me it is an investment that I am willing to spend so I think it's very important to look at your budget overall and think what is in my monthly budget that is not important or that doesn't need to be there like 
I know for me, for example, I will spend money on my health. I will spend money on my quality of life in a lot of ways, but I am not going to spend money on a nice car. My car is worth like barely anything and it doesn't look great, but it works fine and it's great on fuel and it gets me from point A to point B. So for me, I feel like it depends on your own... um, what's important to you and everybody has different priorities but I do believe that it is very important to value yourself and the fuel that you're putting into your body it's extremely important and it has so many side effects in terms of just health but also just your well-being and your energy and we all know how great we feel when we have some green juice or like you know, just a big bowl of cherries. I mean, that just revitalizes you and energizes you and you will pay more for these healthy foods. But for me, it's something that I'm willing to pay for. And I think that it's important to realize that, I don't know what my point is, but I think that what I'm trying to get across is it is going to be more expensive and I don't want to sugarcoat that. So it is a reality, but I think it's a case of looking like, well, if I am going to do this raw food thing and I'm not going to compromise on it and I am going to spend more on my budget, well, I want to keep my raw food budget reasonable and you know do some of these tips that will help keep it in a reasonable area. But maybe there's other areas in my budget that don't need to be as expensive, like um, you know certain monthly costs that a lot of us pay that we don't necessarily think about um, you know, we can look at other ways to save money or also to earn more money. That's a different idea as well. So as Rebecca wrote on the Facebook page, how and where to shop without spending a fortune. I think for all of us, it requires a certain mindfulness of just being aware of prices overall. Like, geez, um, Apples are normally around, whatever, $2 a pound. And so if you see suddenly like, oh my gosh, these are $3.50 a pound, you might want to get fewer or that kind of thing. It's just to be aware of the general baseline of prices. I think as well, frequency of shopping is something that can perhaps help or hinder you depending on your personality type. As a household, we generally grocery shop once a week and that... Basically, we try to get everything that we're going to need for that week. I find that for me, it's important to have that one-week cycle because if I try to go longer, you know, my my greens, my, you know, lettuce or spinach starts to get a little slimy near the end. Like, for, for me, eating a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables, that one-week cycle is really well, is really good because I really think that you want to avoid food waste like you know, just rotten things that are going in um, the garbage. So you definitely want to avoid that. And so we generally grocery shop once a week. And then sometimes I will also stop in on the grocery store to pick up just a few things. Quite often, if I've had a lot of green smoothies or something, I might run out of greens and I might pick that up at the grocery store again. Um you know in between so if I go grocery shopping on a Saturday I might have to pick up some greens and maybe a few more apples and things um, maybe on a Wednesday or something like that so I think setting up a schedule for yourself but also realizing that 
you know, this is something that is really important to you. And sometimes you do need a little pick-me-up too if you think you're really craving something fun and exciting. Well, you know, go ahead and splurge on something that might be a little bit more expensive, like some specialty tropical fruits or something like that. But it's good to keep those things as extras, you know, that can kind of help you curb a craving. And you don't have to have them every time, but you certainly can. So I hope that some of those budget conscious tips are helpful for you. And um, I've had a lot of fun recording this podcast, actually. It's taken me a couple of weeks to, or probably more than that, I'm sure, to um, do this second episode, but I'm really excited about it. And again, I really do appreciate your feedback about this podcast, and um, I hope to be talking to you again soon. Thank you so much for all your support, and I hope to see you at therawtarian.com. have been listening to the raw food podcast with your host the rawtarian be sure to visit me at www.therawtarian.com where you can browse over 100 of my absolute favorite simple satisfying raw vegan recipes that you'll find pretty quick to make and with just a few ingredients and that taste spectacular while you're there be sure to sign up for my newsletter and once you sign up for that you'll get a copy a pdf copy of 11 of my most favorite most satisfying, most delicious recipes, including raw vegan alfredo sauce, raw brownies, and a whole host of other delicious recipes that you can make at home uh, that are raw vegan and taste amazing. Thank you so much for joining me, and I hope to uh, hear from you very soon. And until next time, enjoy your raw adventure.